The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Father, we honor you. We ask that you breathe upon us, O God of heaven. Thank you for your presence. We, we ask that you open our eyes to see as we ought to see. Change our lives. Let your name and your name alone be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Good morning again, everybody. Okay, so today we are in part two of our series. We started a new series last week, and if, if you weren't here or you missed it for some reason, I want to encourage you to, to please get um, the message online. It's, it's for free. And today we're in part two. And um, last week when we, when we talked about bold steps, we established the fact that bold steps are necessary. Bold steps are necessary for us to fulfill our destinies. And we, we looked at the barriers to bold steps. And by the grace of God, we um, um, trust that God himself is at work to, to destroy those barriers in our lives today. Praise the name of the Lord. Today, in part two of bold steps, we are we are pressing in, as we said last week, that we are going to um, go deeper today. And um, today we are looking at bold steps in relationships. Bold steps in relationships. And our text today, you're, you know that your life is going to change already, don't you? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Our text today is Isaiah chapter 1 from verse 18. Isaiah 1, 18. This is God speaking, and this is the voice translation. It says, come, come on now. Let's walk and talk. Everybody say, walk and talk. Let's dialogue. Let's have a, a conversation. Let's walk this out, God says. Your wrongdoings are blood red but they can turn as white as snow. Your sins are red like crimson, but they can be made clean again like new wool. So God says, come. Let's, let's have a conversation. Let's walk and talk. God is a God of relationships. God is not a God of religion. God is a God of, of what? Of relationships. If you check from Genesis right through to generation, it's all about relationships. God will come to Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening and walk with them and have a conversation with them and fellowship with them. And God wants to have fellowship with you and I. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we look at our lives and we are like, how can God want to have fellowship with me? But he does. He does. And we have been created not only for God to have fellowship with us, we have been created to have fellowship one with another. We have been created to have fellowship 
with other people. You cannot be an island and have a successful and a fulfilling life. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. In fact, if you keep yourself away from people because you've been hurt in the past or you've been disappointed in the past or you've been let down by some, someone you trusted, you will be frustrated in life. So, Pastor, what are you saying? Are you saying I should trust people again or I should try and build relationships again? Exactly. I knew you were smart. That is what I'm saying. You were created for relationships. You were created for relationships. In fact, the quality of your life, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships. Not the newness of your car. Not how pristine your suit is. It's not determined by the money you have or your level of education. The quality of your life is not determined by your race or your gender. The quality of your life is not determined by the looks or by the makeup. The quality of your life is not determined by your bank balance. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships. So if you have, that's why you have people that have a lot of money and they commit suicide. And you look at them and you're like, why are they committing suicide? They have everything. You think they do because you think that having cars is having everything. Having people is having everything. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you have all the cars, all the gadgets, all the equipment, you don't have people, you are naked. In fact, where I come from, they say something like, human beings are my clothing. <laughs> they are my covering. I, I come from one village like that. In the remote area. They, they, they say that human beings are my clothing. You see, you were created for relationships. For relationships. The, the, the first problem of Adam was not sin. Did you know that? Sin was not the first problem of man. So when Jesus came, the real thing Jesus was trying to do was not to take away sin for taking away sin's sake. The real thing Jesus was trying to do was to restore relationships. Praise the name of the Lord. Us back to God. So what I'm saying is that the first problem of man was not sin. It was aloneness. And aloneness is not loneliness. Two different things. Aloneness is not loneliness. It's not Loneliness is, is a lack. It's, it's a depressive state. Loneliness is feeling isolated. You can actually be in a crowd and be lonely. You can. You can be in a crowd and be lonely. Loneliness has nothing to do with the people around you. Adam was not lonely. Adam was not depressed. Adam didn't even know anything was missing. 
He didn't. Adam was alone, but was not lonely. You know, many times, folks says, oh, pastor, I'm lonely, I'm a single, I just need a, a woman, or I just need a man, I just need a, ah, and I'm like, you, your lon- the loneliness problem you need to solve cannot be solved by another human being. That's why people are married and they are lonely. Praise God. People are sleeping on the same bed and they are still... So we look at the external on the outside to solve a problem that can only be solved on the inside. Loneliness cannot be solved from the outside. Loneliness can only be solved where? From the inside. Aloneness, on the other hand, Adam was alone. Aloneness is not a state of lack. Aloneness is actually freedom to be all that you have been created to be. When you are truly alone, as God wants you to be alone, you are in tune with your person. You are in tune with your greatness. You are in tune with your God. And you are tending your garden. You are productive. You are fruitful by yourself. Many times people think, I need to get married so that I can be fruitful. No, 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 no. As a productive. You are fruitful how? By yourself. If you can't be fruitful by yourself, you will only cause problem for the other person. Because you'll be putting on them what they cannot deliver to you. So while the, the, the solution to loneliness is, is, in, is, is, is on the inside, as beautiful as aloneness is, as, as free as it, as it is, aloneness is still not the best that God has for us. So as, as beautiful as aloneness is, it's, it's still not good. So God looked at Adam alone and God said, not good. So the solution to aloneness is from the outside. I will make a help for him. So God took something from him, made something from the outside and brought it to Adam. And Adam says, whoa. So when you are actually alone and God solves your aloneness, that is when you realize that something was actually missing. So we are not to relate from a place of if I don't see you, I will die. It's a lie, you won't die. <laughs> Years ago when we, got, when we first got married, I've said it before, I, I said to my wife, I said, look at me, look at me in the eye. She looked at me, I said, say you can do without me. She says, no, I can't do without you. I said, no, say it. You can do without me. I started crying. I said, no, no, why are you saying this? Why are you saying this? I said, say you can do without me. Stop deceiving ourselves. <laughs> if anybody says, I cannot do without you. <laughs> Cynthia, <laughs> I cannot do without you. Fabu. <laughs> Big fabu. No, 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 no. So, 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 Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is this, that we do not relate primarily out of need. We relate 
from the overflow of our lives. We relate from the overflow of where? Of our lives. We relate from the overflow of our lives. We relate from the overflow. So God wants us to, to actually come and be alone and understand ourselves and be the best that he has for us, then we can now come into relationship with other people and bring value from who we are to the table. When we are able to do that, we become a liability emotionally, a weight, a crutch, a, a burden. And nobody likes a burden. Nobody can carry a burden for, for, for the distance. Do you know that? They can carry a burden for a short while. After a while, they say, ah, <laughs> Madam Oga, what's, what's going on here? Praise the name of the Lord. So, so this is how it works, actually. We were born, every one of us, we were born dependent. So we were born dependent. We should progress in life and become independent. Independent. <laughs> anyway, so um, can you see my writing? Just imagine what is there if you can see it. It's independent. So we are supposed to move from being dependent and from being dependent. When we are born, we are dependent on our parents. On the child needs the mom to survive. After a while, needs the mom and dad to survive. After a while, the child needs to say back off, 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 until some parents never want to back off. So you have forty-year-old people that they want to make a decision. Can I ask mom? That's wrong. You know, so, but typically, we should be independent. No, no, this is where things get, I mean, tricky. Because as beautiful as being independent is, that's not where we should be. We, we, we actually should progress to interdependence, right? To interdependence. We should. But unfortunately, a lot of adults don't progress to interdependence. They lose their way and become codependent. And they become codependent. So to become codependent is, is back to what we said, you know, you are lonely, you know, until a man comes, your life is a, is a mess. Until a, a woman comes, your life is a mess. You know, so you, and you are looking for who you want to be codependent with. Guess what? After a while, you become a burden to them. And if you are both codependent, it can become an abusive relationship. That's why you see people being battered and beaten and they can't leave the marriage. Say, Pastor, should people leave ma- the marriage if they're being beaten? Is it in the Bible? You sit down there. <laughs> you will sit down there in Jesus' name. Of course you should. I don't even want to talk about that. There's no time for that. 
you know, of course you should. Why should you sit down there? But marriage is for life. But God hates divorce. Oh. Stay tuned. We'll talk about that. <laughs> so, so, actually, God wants us to be interdependent. Everybody say interdependent. But you can't be interdependent if you are not if you are not alone, if you are not independent. Independence is fine. But you can't achieve the greatness of your destiny by being independent. You need other people. But when you come into relationship with other people, you are not coming in a codependent way. You are coming in an interdependent way. You are bringing value. They are also bringing value. Now, for this to happen, you need to take bold steps in your relationships. For this to happen, you need to take what? Bold steps. So the question is, how do I take bold steps? How do I take bold steps? This morning, by God's grace, if 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 you've been here for a while, you know that we like to simplify our teachings. You know, we don't like to confuse people. We like to break down the word of God, make it everybody understands it. So, um, um, to take both steps in your relationships, it's as simple as A, B, C. Everyone say A, B, C. <laughs> it's as simple as A, B, C. So, A, so this, that's just according for it. So, A is asking. Take both steps in relationships by asking. By asking. By asking. In your relationship with with God, relationship with your siblings, you need to ask. You need to ask. You need to make the ask, as it is said. In Matthew 7, 7, God, to 8, 7 to 8, God himself says, ask and keep on asking. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will what? And you will find... Keep on knocking and uh, the door will be open to you. Now, this is what always gets me. For everyone who asks, receives. How many people ask and receives? The ones that are supposed to be more spiritual. The ones that are from uh, Jesha. The ones that are from Ibibio. The ones that are Jews only. Everyone. Who ask receive. So I said to myself, Femi, your case will not be different. Everyone, 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 everyone. If you have not received, keep asking. Because everyone who asks receives. Everyone. Then it goes on. And everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So you've been knocking on the door. And you're looking at your knuckles. Don't look at your knuckles. If you have been knocking with this hand, change the hand. And this hand is getting weak. This leg, use the other leg. Then use your head. Then it still has not opened. Employ a tool 
get a hammer. Boom, 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 boom. And they say, this is what we should use to knock. They just say, knock. You can knock with a hammer. But you don't move until the door is opened. Because to everyone that knocks, the door opens. Everyone, 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 including me, including you, everyone. You see, the challenge is that we are sometimes in the, the presence of someone that has the key to our destinies and we don't ask. We don't ask. We don't ask. You're, you're sitting with a lady that you, you're a single guy, you want to get married. You know, you're going there, you're playing Ludo. You're playing Ludo. You don't open your mouth and ask. Ask her out. You don't do that. You know, I told you about, about one of my guys. <laughs> you know, he came, I mean, you know, he wasn't very happy. I said, what's the issue? This, um, this girl, you know, and I know her. She really liked him. She's getting married in a few months. I'm like, ah, ah how did that happen? You know, he says, uh, there's this guy, and um, she's going to marry the guy. I, I couldn't get it, you know. So, how did she slip out of your hands? She says, um, 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 okay, so when you go there, what do you do? He says, we play Ludo. <laughs> I said, you play Ludo? I said, after Ludo, after that. So, apparently, the girl waited and waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. Then there was another guy that was kept asking and asking and asking and asking. She would rather prefer to be with him. But after a while, she looked at her clock, solved the situation, went with the guy that has been asking. And I said to him, who is your father? He said, me. I said, me. <laughs> and you cannot open your mouth and Girl. Just ask. Ask. There are people, if they give you a referral, it will change your business. Go to them and ask. Ask. You'll be surprised. They're happy to write a referral for you. There are some people that they have the, the answers to your next level. You are sitting with them, you are playing with them, you are... but you don't ask, nothing happens. Nothing happens. You have to ask. The challenge sometimes with asking with, with us because asking puts you in a place or uh, it takes humility to ask. You know that? Yeah. Asking puts you in a place where you need help. Your ego will not allow you to get help. Would you die in, in, in the stupor of your ego or would you ask for help? What's it going to be? Everyone that asks receives. Everyone. Your case will not be different. Your case will not be different. So asking actually shows humility. It shows respect. Asking shows interdependence. I'm not an expert in this field. So I will ask. Asking shows interdependence. But you see, I need to sound a note of warning because you need to ask properly. 
You, need, you, you can't leave this place and just go walk up to say, oh, can you, uh, Pastor says we should ask. <laughs> you know, you have to dig a well before you are thirsty. And Pastor says we should ask, so can you, will you marry me? You don't know. You don't know the you don't know the you don't know the babe. You just come to church and you're scoping her. That's all. You've not spoken to her. You've not you've not tried to be her friend. You've not you've not even had an intellectual exchange. Nothing. You're just saying yes. They say we should ask. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> you have to. Okay, okay. I'm not abusing you, right? <laughs> you have to. It's a joke. This man is like, it's a joke. Okay. You have to build a connection before you place on de- demand on it. You have to. You have to build a relationship before you place a demand on the connection. You need to build a bridge before you want to cross to the other side. You have to build the bridge. And you are trying to cross to the other. Where are you going? You have to. So what we are saying, ask, ask, ask. You need to be wise in asking. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. But, but back to this singular um, thing of asking. You see, for you to take your relationship to, for you to take both steps in your relationship, you need to ask. With God, you need to ask. With your father, with your mother, with your siblings, with your friends, with your colleague, with your boss, you need to ask. Sometimes you need to ask for, you know, you know how I get promoted. You know, I, I entered paid employment in a certain year, and um, I had a lady that was my supervisor. She was next. Um, she was going to be a manager just before I came in. Then she became a manager just after I came in, and there are about three, four, five steps between us. In four years, in four years. When I was leaving, she was reporting to me, and there was a step between us. How do I get promoted? Simple. I look at the problem that my boss is having. I mean, look, bosses always have problems. Then I ask, I don't ask for a promotion. Then I ask to solve the problem. Then I go sleepless nights. Then I solve the problem. Then he comes to the office and says, Oh, Tell me, come, come, come. You're you going to be in charge of this. I make him look good to his boss, right? So he puts me, guess what? After I've worked it three months, it's time for promotion. Who gets promoted? Stop sitting down there and complaining. Ask. Ask for more jobs. Ask to add more value. Don't ask for more money. The money will come. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So you need to, it's, it's an established fact that hmm, the single most important habit of innovative thinkers is question asking. It's an established fact. It's not new. If you, people that have studied creativity and innovation, they will tell us that the single most important habit, the most innovative thinkers of the world, the single most important habit they have is asking questions. Guess who are the most creative people on earth? It's ch- they are children. Do you know that? Children are extremely creative. 
What do children do? They ask questions. They always ask questions. What do, what do parents say? Leave me alone. You ask too many questions. Go and play with your Lego. You know, that's what parents say. Because we have become weak intellectually. While we were children, we used to ask questions. You know, the time I, I explained I was with um, Pastor Craig Groeschel, you know, I went to meet with him, obviously, with questions. You know, I walked in there, boom, 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 boom. You know, and the guy was just blowing my mind with his responses. Blowing. But I noticed one thing. It, 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 it was also asking me questions. And it was like a competition of who is asking questions. And I, said, I, said to, I just said to him, I said to myself, wait a minute. I am the one that I've flown American that to come here to ask questions. This guy must not. Because he had, and he was genuine. He was sincere. He wanted to know, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you guys do this? I'm like, listen, how do you do this? How do you do that? Is church the average attendance every Sunday? Guess, guess. Pardon? 1,000. 100,000. How did you know? I told you already. <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. I mean, how can I sit in front of someone that pastors a church of 100,000 people? The church is buzzing on fire. Then he's asking me questions. No, 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 no. I am the one asking questions. It is not two friends talking. It is Oga and his boy. Sometimes you don't want to take that position. I know your, your ego does not want to take that position. That is the problem you are facing. You better open your mouth and ask. Because uh, it is what the bed eats. That the bed can fly with. Did you get that? The former CEO of Google said this profound. He said that we run this company on questions, not answers. They said, Oh, Google, you provide answers to people. He said, No, 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 no. We run this company on questions. We run this company on questions. Take the bold step of asking. Take the bold step of asking. What do you need to ask? From whom do you need to ask? What do you need to ask? Sit down. Sometimes you need to ask yourself. So the, the, the first the thing in the ABC of, of, of taking both steps in your relationship, the A is what? Ask. Ask it. So to take both steps in relationships, you take both steps in relationship by asking, number one, Number two, you take bold steps in relationships by believing. By believing. 2 Timothy 4, 11 tells us a story that <laughs> of, 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 of this is Paul. He says, only Luke is with me. Bring Mark, that is John Mark, with you when you come. For it will be helpful for me in ministry. It will be profitable for me, in ministry. Now, this is interesting because if you know the, if you know the background in the book of Acts, Paul and Barnabas were the apostles. John Mark was a prodigy, was going with them on missionary trips. Then at some point, John Mark, because he was immature, he abandoned ship, he went to, to party for a little while. Then by the time he came back, Paul says, you're not following us again. You know? 
Barnabas says, I mean, we all have done this before. Let's encourage the boy. And it was, the contention was so fierce that they went different ways. Paul, Barnabas went different ways. Barnabas believed in John Mark. Not just because he was his, his, his nephew. But that was, that was who Barnabas was. In fact, he was surnamed, he was named, surnamed, maybe nicknamed, the son of consolation. He always believed in people. You see, for you to take your next step in your relationship, you must believe in the person. You must believe. If you want to take your next step in, in, in your relationship with your child, you must believe in the child. If you want to take your next step in your relationship with your spouse, you must believe. You must believe. You must believe. If you want to take your next step in your relationship with your organization, your, your boss, you must believe. You must believe that there's something good in it. Don't be like those that say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? You must believe. But you see, at some point, Barnabas was right about John Mark. John Mark turned out to be a solid believer, very resourceful. Now, one thing about Paul is this, that we can learn. If you make a mistake, you made a wrong call about someone, don't be too ashamed to retract your position and adjust. That is a sign of greatness. If you make, Paul saw that he made a mistake. He said to them, can you please tell your mark to come? Some people will be too arrogant to ask. They'll be too arrogant to believe. They'll be too arrogant. He says, no, 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 tell, tell John Mark to come because it's profitable for me. Now, this was the John Mark that you didn't give a chance. This was the John Mark that you ostracized. This was the same John Mark that caused division between you and your ministry partner. But at the point he saw that he was wrong, what did he do? You need to believe. The fact that you make a mistake doesn't change or should not change the course of your destiny. You need to believe that things can work again. Praise the name of the Lord. To take your relationship to the next level, you need to what? You need to believe. Don't stop believing. And many times, sometimes you need to believe in ourselves, in yourself. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing in yourself. Because that is usually where it starts from. If you stop believing in yourself, you don't stand a chance. Life is too brutal. You have to believe in yourself. Don't stop believing in your spouse. Don't stop believing in your children. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. I've told you my story, I mean, several times. You know, I know there are newer people, so I, I, I've mentioned a few, few of it. You know, when I was growing up, I wasn't, I wasn't, the, um, I wasn't the, um, the kind of child you pray to have. <laughs> because... I was, I was a handful causing trouble everywhere, always getting into trouble. You know, my mom was saying I was, you know, uh, I was the black sheep of the family. You know, <laughs> I was getting suspended in school. I was getting flogged on assembly floors. I mean, all sorts of things were, my mom was a teacher in the school. All sorts of things were, were, were going on. And, you know, but I'm grateful to God that my mother did not, Give up on me. She still believed in me. While she was flogging me, she was still believing in me and saying, look, you are going to turn out right. 
you I'm not going to let you go. And I'm like, just leave me alone. Praise God. You need to believe again. You need to believe again. Why? Because when you stop believing, your relationship actually starts regressing. Regardless of the relationship, you, you need to fight for that child. You need to fight for your spouse. You need to fight for your marriage. You need to fight for your destiny. You need to fight. You actually need to fight. Even with God, you, you, know, like you need to fight for your faith. You need to fight. Paul says, I have fought the good fight of faith. You need to fight, contend earnestly for your faith. You need to fight for any key relationship in your life for it to work and for it to be optimal. You need to fight. You need to stop believing. God said to Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 37, God said to Ezekiel in verse 3, God asked him, Son of man, can these bones live? Oh, can these bones live? You know, and many of us, we look at a, a relationship, a key relationship, for instance, in your life, and it's like dead bones. And God is saying to you this morning, son of man, daughter of man, in case you think he wasn't, he's not asking you, daughter of man, can these bones live? You know, God is saying, do you believe? For some of us, we're in a place Right now, where we actually believe and we say to God, we are the one that takes God's promises to him and say to him, God, these are your promises. These bones must live. That's the beautiful place to be. But some of us, we are in a place where <laughs> we, we, when God asks us, can these bones live? We are saying to God, yes, it can. I believe it will. And that's a good place to be. But Ezekiel was in a place like some of us are in this place. Where it is difficult to believe that the bones could live. And God yet is asking you this morning, can these bones live? Ezekiel looked at the bones and said, only you know. You know, you know what that means? That you shall be if this boss can't live or not. Because left to me, I don't get it. But you are God. If you ask me if you can live, if you say it will live, it will live. If you say it will live. You know what? Ezekiel was in a place where all hope was lost. But God is saying to you this morning, do you believe can these bones leave? And I pray your answer will be amen. amen. So we see that we take bold steps in relationships by asking, that's the A, A, B, C, asking, B, by believing, and C, by confronting. I forgot to underline that C. By confronting, underline your own. By confronting. It takes boldness to confront any issue. Or to confront issues. Personally, it takes boldness to look at yourself and confront the issues. Why do I sleep so much? 
So some people can't even ask themselves the question. They just confront themselves. Why do I sleep so much? Why do I like food so much? I eat every one and a half hours. Not just small, small, as in real three, three hours banquet. Why do I like food so much? You need to confront yourself. Why is this thing? Will, why would I, you know, open my eyes and just go down because of this thing? Why? Why? We need to, we need to confront our friends. Sometimes we need to confront our siblings. Sometimes we need to confront our colleagues. Sometimes we need to confront our spouses. But you see, you, for you to take both steps in your relationship and move your relationship to the next level, you have to go through the ABC of relationships. You have to ask, you have to believe, you have to confront. You have to confront. You have to confront. Because the truth is this. I know we are different, right? Some personalities tend to find confrontation easy. And some personalities tend not to find confrontation easy. But regardless of our personalities, the truth remains that there can be no lasting peace without confrontation. The best you will have is the peace of the graveyard. When everywhere is quiet, but there are dead bones, dead bones buried inside. That's the best. But you would have the peace of the graveyard. You have the peace of God in your life, in the name of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus brings out something extremely, extremely profound for us. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called what? The children of God. Blessed are who? Everyone say peacemakers. Not peacekeepers. Peacemakers. Again, we've, we've um, contrasted this, I mean, in the past. Peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Peacekeeping forces are not to engage in military combat. They are not. Peacekeepers are just to, you know, maintain status quo and report um, what's on ground. Peacemakers, on the other hand, engage in combat to bring about lasting peace in this, in this situation. So, what are you? Peacemaker, or why are you tending to what? If you're peacemaking, you're not going to get peace, really. If you're peacekeeping, rather, you're not going to get peace. If you're peacemaking, you will get peace. Because God, and God is saying, you are my child. Blessed as the peacemakers because they are what? Because they are the children, children of God. You know, some people, I mean, sometimes we say, oh, let me keep quiet for peace sake. Have you heard that before? For peace sake. Check in the Bible. There's nowhere that is written, keep quiet for peace sake. It's not in the Bible. Check. Let me keep quiet for peace sake. It's not in the Bible. No. For your relationship to go to the next level, for you to take bold steps in your relationship, you have to confront. Either way, either you have a t- personality that is um, tilted towards confrontation, or you have one that is tilted away from cons- cons- confrontation. Either way, many times 
we don't even do confrontation properly. So those that feel that they, are, uh, they like to confront, many times what they do is not really confrontation. It's bashing. Or rather, what we do, because I'm in that category, <laughs> is bashing. Those in the other side, also, they never really get to confront. To really confront, you need to understand what confront, confrontation means. Confrontation, the word confront, the word confront, it's, it's from two main words. And it's from con, which is to come together and front face to face. So to confront is to come together face to face. To come together face to face for the purpose of unity. So to confront, the key to unity is confrontation. To confront is to come together face to face for the purpose of what? Of, of unity. Of unity. So research actually shows that people on the other side of spectrum that doesn't like to confront, that is not that they're cowards. Did you know that? When I read it, I was like, wow. So people that don't like to confront, I used to think they were cowards. But the report says that people that don't like confrontation, that they're not actually cowards. In fact, if you're in a relationship with someone that doesn't like confrontation, you'll be confused because the person is not a coward. The person knows what to do, gets their stuff done. They're not timid, but they don't like confrontation. So the person is not a coward. So what's going on there? The report says that people that don't like confrontation, even though they are not cowards, they don't like they feel when they confront, how do they put it? That they don't like being rejected. They don't like um, being isolated, being ostracized. So they feel that the outcome of confrontation will be, I will lose this relationship. or this, Our relationship will not be where it's, it's supposed to be. Or I'm enjoying the phase we are in now. So I don't want to ruffle or stir the waters. So they would rather not confront. Not because they are cowards, but because they like the status quo. I'm like, wow. Praise God. <laughs> it doesn't make you right, but that's the situation. They're not cowards after all. So, when it comes to confrontation, the key is that to confront is to pass through conflict in order to achieve unity. Is to pass through. You must keep the objective in sight. The objective is unity. The ob- objective is to achieve unity. Confrontation is not to retaliate. It's not retaliation. It's not to humiliate. It's not to berate. Many times what we do when we confront is to retaliate. Is to get our pound of flesh back. That's not confrontation. Sometimes when we confront, what we do is to humiliate. It's not humiliation. Sometimes what we confront is to berate people. It's not to berate. To confront is to go through conflict. Pass through conflict. So that peace can be achieved. So who should you confront? One, confront yourself. Start with yourself. Confront yourself. Confront. Why do I feel lonely? Why? Confront your loneliness. Confront it and overpower it with the word of God, with the love of God. 
Confront it. Confront yourself. Confront yourself with unforgiveness. Why am I holding on to offense? Why don't I forgive easily? Take it to God. Confront yourself. Wrestle with yourself. You need to confront yourself. Confront yourself. Why? Why do I shy from confrontation? <laughs> confront yourself on why you don't like confrontation. Yeah. Confront yourself. And when we confront ourselves, we actually become stronger. We actually become better. After you've confronted yourself, you need to confront the people in your lives. Look at everybody in your life and confront them one by <laughs> Oh my word. Now you know what confrontation means. I'm not saying you should fight them. <laughs> confront them one by one. Why? Because as long as you are in relationship with human beings, there's something that is imperfect that is there that can be better. So, is it your son? Is it your daughter? Is it your friend? Is it your sibling? Is it a spouse? Is it your boss? Confront them. Have the conversation. List everyone. In this, my relationship with this person, this person is important to me. Right? In an inter, inter, interdependent relationship, I, I need to be in an interdependent relationship with this person. For it to be optimal, I need to confront the person. From an attitude of humility, to get the right result, I need to confront the person. List five people you are going to confront this week. Oh yeah, go ahead. Five people. Go. This week, one for Monday, one for Tuesday, one for Wednesday, one for Friday. Then Saturday, you confront five of them together. As in, no, no, no. What I mean by that, you, you evaluate the relationship and you make sure you are in touch with five of them. And on Sunday, you see what will happen. Five people you are going to confront. So, confront yourself. Confront who? People in your life. Number three, confront God. Confront God. I should confront God? Yes. Pastor, are you sure? Yes. Now you know the meaning of confrontation. Come together face to face. In Genesis 32, Jacob confronted God. Confronted God. If you read the book of Psalms, it's filled with confrontation of God. David will go to God and, and says, I say to God, God, we need to talk. Jacob said, they, I mean, after he has confronted God, Jacob named the place Peniel, which means the face of God. I have come face to face with God. I have come in contact, in confrontation with God. He says, yet my life has been spared. And that was when it was transformed from Jacob to Israel. When you confront God, your destiny changes. Praise the name of the Lord. When you confront God, your destiny changes. 
in Isaiah 1 that we read, Isaiah 1 that we read, he says, come now, let us walk together and talk. God is saying, come and confront me. Let's have a confrontation. Let's work this out. What aspect of your life that you look at today and you, are, and you, you heave a sigh? Hmm. And you look at God and say, God. God says, come, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And when you do that, you discover that your life will totally, totally transform. So the ABC of taking bold steps in our relationships to, to, for us is A, we need to what? B, we need to and see, we need to. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. You can put up your hands together for the Lord if you want to. That's okay. Let's bless the name of the Lord. And I want us to think about what we've heard. For some of us here, it is C-B-A. You need to confront God. God has come to you today. God has said to you, come. God, you need to admit and face God. Then B, you need to believe. Put your faith in God. Then A, you need to ask that God will take control of your life. You need to do, make the ask today. Ask that God will be your master. That Jesus will be the Lord of your life. Oh, you're like, Pastor, I used to be born again. Can I also do the CBA? Can I, can I confront, come to God and believe and ask that God will take me back? Yes, you can. So I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Wherever you're seated, I want to pray with you. You don't need to come forward. That is me. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly, now put up your hand, put up your hand well. Shoot it up. God bless you. Put it up over your head. Now put up your hand over your head. Over your head. Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me. God bless you. There's a hand there. God bless you. Another hand there. God bless you. There's a, if you God bless you. If I put up your hand, put up your hand well over your head. Over your head. There's a hand there. Another hand there. God bless you. My sister, I can see you. Once you have the card, you can put out your hand. I'm going to pray with you in a bit. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. Pray with me. I want to, I want to do the CBA. I want, to, I want to confront my maker. I want to believe and I want to ask for help today. Anybody else, put up that hand and we'll pray together. The rest of us, why don't you? It may be an aspect. God bless you. Is there, is there a hand there? If you're putting up that hand, God bless you. There's a, there's a hand there. God bless you. God bless you. Another hand over there. Another hand over there. Another hand over there. God bless you. That is me. God bless you. Another hand over there. That is me. Keep the hands up until you get a card. That is me. That is me, Pastor. I'm about to pray. The rest of us, let's just say to God, help me. Help me. Empower me today, Lord. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. If you have the card, why don't you just call on God today for yourself? I come to the cross the cross that has come to restore me back in relationship with my father. Lord, we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you. We ask that you breathe upon them, Lord. Change these lives totally. My father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, everyone in this place, Lord, fill us with your life and your power. The capacity to take our bold steps given to us. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Let's pray together for the Lord Jesus. His mercies, His kindness.